Thanks, Ali, for leading us in service and in prayer. You know, it was when I was listening to Kenny this morning, and he was praying about the the government. It reminded me of my younger days when I was in my early teens, and uh, my mum and dad used to uh, have a just a short Bible reading and a prayer. Uh, at the end of every night, <clears throat> I wasn't always there. I wasn't a Christian then, but my dad always prayed for the Queen and those who rule in government, that God, through them, might guide the country of Great Britain. And we can often be fearful of what's happening politically in the world. Who would have ever thought that Donald Trump would be the American president? Who would have thought that the UK population would vote us out of Europe and Brexit? Who would have thought maybe even at this election that Theresa May would walk away with less than what she had? And we often maybe worry and wonder about these things. But the great thing for you and I, if we are true believers of the word of God, is that God is still in control. He owns each one of us. He created every one of us. And no matter what we think or worry or say, what on earth is the world coming to, that he is still in control. So I want to turn your attention tonight to Psalm 16. If you have your Bibles with you, it's just a short psalm. We'll just read the whole psalm. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad And my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. Or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen and may God add his blessing to that reading. Let's just pray for a few moments. Our Father, our God and our Father, we thank you that we can come this evening to worship you. We can come to learn from your word. We can come to hear your voice. And we pray that through the clear lips of man that you would speak above all these things and just minister to our hearts. Encourage us in the days that we live in and bless us together. For we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. 
for the time that we've got tonight, I want us to look away from our own hearts. Look away from ourselves and look upwards to the Lord our God. Just like what David said in verse 2 of this psalm, he says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Allow that phrase just to just to ponder your heart and your mind. In the business of life and all its difficulties and trials, allow that simple phrase to rest upon your heart and your mind tonight. For there was a time in each of our lives when we couldn't say those words, you are my Lord. I think today in which we live in, the universal evangelical church has lost a bit of the sense of the presence of the Lord amongst us. We only need to read some of the chapters in the Psalms to get a flavour of what we're saying here. Listen to these words of the psalmist. Never mind the great writers through the centuries, whether it's Spurgeon or J.C. Ryle or Jonathan Edwards or other names. This is the living word of God. Yes, the living word of God, and I emphasize living God, because there's many a professing Christian today who live lives that demonstrate otherwise. That God is not their living God. But as a Bible, as Bible believing Christians, we should be imitators of what the psalmist is saying here in his thoughts and his desires and reiterate and live by what David says in these words. Throughout the Psalms, it says in Psalm 1 verse 2, but my delight is in the law of the Lord. Psalm 18:31. but who is God but the Lord? And the most famous probably verse in the Bible in the Old Testament Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 55, verse 22, Cast all your burden on the Lord. And we need to, and we must take our eyes and hearts away from the world and look to the Lord our God and thank Him for giving us His only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we often sing that hymn, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. Do you ever think that? How God in his love and mercy could love me, a sinner condemned and unclean. If you're here tonight without the Lord as your Savior, then the Bible says that you are condemned. You are unclean. That's what the Bible teaches. And we need to look at what we have witnessed even in recent days in Manchester, in London. It's a picture, is it not, of good versus evil. The terrorists, they are sinners by nature. They are condemned. They are unclean. Nothing to live for but martyrs to their faith that they might dwell in paradise 
with ten virgins. All in the name of Allah. Well, if that's what all life was about, we would be the most miserable people on this earth. How wretched and how lost we would be. But it's not. You see, this gracious and merciful God that the psalmist says here has provided a way back to God by giving us his only son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior. Therefore, each one of us tonight can say the same as the psalmist in verse 2, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's a verse from one of the Psalms. But as the people of God tonight, are we continually tasting? Are we continually tasting and seeing that God is good? Are we still thirsting after righteousness and holiness? You know, in my youth, I used to play golf two or three times a week. And after burning all that energy up, Bruce will know this, he's a golfer. After bursting with all that energy, at the end of the round, I I literally shook with hunger because I spent all that energy. And at the end of the the round of golf, it was straight to the chippy for a fish supper and a bottle of iron brew to replenish the energy that my body and the muscles that has been dispersed. And likewise, that should be our attitude to the Lord today. It's all very well saying, you are my Lord, but are we hungering and are we thirsting after righteousness and holiness? Can we say what verse 5 says in that chapter we read? The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. Or the very first verse says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. You know, as chickens that run beneath the hen for protection, that's what the Lord Jesus Christ is. Preserve me, keep me, just like the bodyguard who protects a monarchy, or the shepherd who looks after the sheep. Is the Lord with you? Is he, a, is he with me? Do we have burning in the heart of our own souls? That desire and that joy of the Lord. The psalmist says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And tonight, I want just to share three simple points with you. Three points simple in its understanding, yet at the same time, I hope will bring warmth and comfort to our souls. Firstly, there is a joy of divine origin. Man's foolish ambition is to try to find the joy in this world of his sensual appetites. He has tried in vain to satisfy the cravings of his heart. Man has tried to content his soul with earth's poor dust. But the joys of time cannot satisfy an undying nature. But to you and I, the believer, we have the joy of the Lord. We have the joy of the Lord in our hearts. 
So where does this joy come from? Who is the author of this joy? Well, of course, the source of this joy is God himself. As Christians believing in this word, we rejoice mainly in God himself. Firstly, of who God is, what he is, his attributes that continually come to you and I as sources of tremendous joy. His power is my protection. His wisdom is my guidance. His faithfulness is my foundation. And his grace is my salvation. He is our God tonight. One who cannot lie. One who is faithful. One who is true. He is all love. But at the same time, he is infinitely just and supremely holy. How wonderful it is tonight to have our thoughts of this source brought to the surface and the forefront of our minds. How gracious is the Lord, to, the Lord our God to us especially. How he has displayed his glory in the covenant of grace. And in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. None of us would be here tonight without the grace and the mercy and the love of God in Christ Jesus. God has revealed himself to me. To you. Through the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that not bring joy and praise and thanksgiving to your heart tonight? Maybe we've lost a bit of that closeness that we had with the Lord. Maybe our hearts need rekindled. Maybe my heart needs rekindled with these thoughts and these truths. As we think and meditate on how good the Lord has been to us. You know, we were once, the Bible says, aliens. It's not what you get when you watch Star Trek. No, aliens away from God without hope. Can you remember those days? Maybe you don't want to remember those days. When you are far, far away from the Lord. And what if you had been taken from this life? Maybe some Saturday night long ago in that unregenerate state. Maybe in a drunken stupor. If you had been taken, what side of eternity would you have been on? We look at others. We look at our friends. We look at our families that we long to see saved. And we wonder, why don't they believe? Why don't they trust in the Lord Jesus? Why don't they repent from their sins? But we can only say, there go I, but by the grace and mercy of God. That's why we can say the same as what the psalmist says in verse 2. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. We can thank God tonight in revealing himself to us through Christ Jesus 
and that we have been bought with a price, not with silver and gold, but by the precious shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the communion service is the most, to me, the most important service to be at. I can understand if people need to go somewhere or they have a pressing engagement. But friends, this is where we can thank God and to remind our hearts and our souls that Christ bore our sins upon his body on that cross. And we can remember because we're apt to forget and to have that communion together on the first day of another new week just sets our hearts and our minds towards Calvary that we can remember the Lord Jesus who gave his all for us. You know, we often uh, sing that we chorus that it means so much even to us as Christians. There's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open that you may go in at Calvary's cross is where you begin as you come as a sinner to Jesus. We sometimes sing that as an evangelical call to the unconverted, but it also means a lot to us as Christians who maybe have been walking at a distance from the Lord our God. We continually, continually need to look to the cross And as we look to him who gave his life for us, although sorrowful, it still should bring great joy and comfort that Christ did that for me. He did it for me. He did it for you. And secondly, is that joy is a source of strength to all who share in it. And joy is a source of strength because joy arises from meditations that always strengthen the soul. Look at David's prayer in chapter 16 that we read, verses 1, 2, 5, 6, and 7, and 8. And in the very last verse, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's no point in knowing the truth of God's word and then just leaving it there. No, we must meditate on it day and night, which in turn strengthens the mind and heart. Psalm 27 and verse 14. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 31 verse 24. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. There's loads of them throughout the Bible. And even in our sickness, Psalm 41, verse 3, the Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full strength. The closeness we have with the Lord our God is always a sign and evidence of our spiritual life. Even sometimes when we cannot sleep properly because of the stresses and the strains of life, the Lord knows these problems. 
And he even speaks to us. In verse 7, I bless the Lord, the psalmist says, who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. So the next time you're waking up at half two in the morning with some difficulties or trials or something on your mind, you remember that verse. In the night also the Lord speaks to us. When we have the Lord close by our side, we are not afraid of the terrors of life. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. And that is a portrait of a real strong Christian believer, a good warrior, one who has Jesus Christ by his or her side. I say this to my own heart as well as everybody's. But on Sundays before we come to the service, are we on our knees asking God to speak to us through whoever's speaking? To minister to each of our hearts? Thanking God for giving us a Savior in Jesus Christ? Do we derive such strength from the Lord our God that His Son, the Lord, is our portion? He is the one that we need to imitate. Our whole desire in life should be more like Jesus Christ. You know, there was an old aunt of my mother's that used to come over every odd year from Canada. And she used to sing the same, used to sing, come on, Aunt Alice, sing that great hymn that you sing to us. By and by when I look on his face, beautiful face, beautiful face. By and by, when I look in his face, I wish I had given him more. That's a challenge to us as Christians, to give more of our lives in praise and in worship. An old hymn, yes, but it means so much to us. There's maybe two things that maybe stop us giving more to Christ. And that's our own sin and our own pride. And finally, the third point. When we think of the Lord, it should bring joy to our hearts. And when we have that joy, it brings results. And one of those results is praising and worshipping the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Someone once said that praying is the end of preaching, but really we should go on further and say that praising is the end of praying. After all, preaching and praying are not really the chief end of man. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And one of the forms is of lifting up our voices in worship and in praise. We certainly do that in this church. We lift up our voices in worship and in praise and in thanksgiving. Oh, you only need to visit Ibrooks or Parkhead or Hamden yesterday and see how those fans lift up their voices. The voices of the people of God to worship 
and thank him. Psalm 50 verse 23 says, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. Well, as Christ, as we close, is he our great companion from Sunday through to Saturday night? Can we truthfully say, as the psalmist says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord? Let us be glad when we come together to unite, to sing, and to worship. For the human voice is far the greatest musical instrument that exists so far. Just thinking back again when I was in my late Uh, primary school, not a Christian. Sunday night was a night where we gathered in our home, 20, 25 people, round the piano, singing praises to God. Windows open, neighbours would listen, praising the Lord in song. In one sense, as a Christian now, I would like to wind the clock back and be there but we're here tonight I'm here as one who has been saved from his sins and we can praise and we can worship God and thank him for all that he has done for us all that he has given to us look what he has done to us he has shed his blood in Calvary and we have a great message of hope to tell a sin-sick world. So let's live for Christ. Let's worship Him. Let's thank God for giving us a Savior. What a privilege we have to be able to share that with others that we come in contact with. When we look at the evil atrocities that's happened over the past number of weeks in our nation, We can see as we stand and look at that, it's a battle of good versus evil. But remember, Christian, we're on the victorious side. Sin, death, it's been conquered at Calvary. We can say to the Lord tonight, if we are his, we can say, you are my Lord. And if you can't say that tonight, Come and talk to us and we'll share the Lord Jesus with you and trust his blessing upon your heart. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your mercies towards us. We thank you that your mercies are new every day. And we ask, O God, that you would just bless us and help us to sing your praises. Help us to lift up our voices in worship and in adoration. And thank you, Lord, for what you have given us in Christ Jesus, our Saviour and our Redeemer. Bless us as we part from this uh, service tonight and into a new week that you would give us opportunities to share the love of God through Christ Jesus. And we pray especially for our families and our loved ones that they might come and taste and see that our God is good. So bless us as we sing our final song. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.